I was praying this week, and I really feel like the Lord put this word in my heart for us. I want to pray in a second, but the question that I would like to start with is this. When you look at today, or the last week, or the last month of your life, are you confident that you have been walking in the will of God? There have been a lot of moments in my life where I have chillingly been challenged and woken up to this reality of, wow, like here I was walking with this conviction and assurance. I'm in the will of God. I'm doing what he's called me to do. But somehow things have just drifted a little bit. My heart has gotten colder and I'm just less engaged and less sure that I'm actually doing fully what the Lord has called me to do. We all know it doesn't matter how many amazing meetings we've had, how many ways we've seen God use us in our life, this is something that we have to fight for and contend for to remain in the middle of God's will for each of our lives. And so tonight, God willing, we can be encouraged to focus back on what that means for our lives and live in the fullness of his purpose and the fruitfulness that he has called to produce through our lives. So I want to just pray really quick and we'll get into it. Father, we love you tonight and we lift up the name of Jesus, high in this place. We want to see you glorified, Lord, in our lives, in this church. We want to see the fullness of the salvation that you secured for us on the cross be our experience. We want to walk in all of the good works that you've prepared for us. We want to walk in your presence, in your power. And so, Lord, we invite you tonight, Holy Spirit, speak to us. Remind us of the simple truth of what it means to live a life following you. We give you this rest of this night in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to just put up a passage really quick from John chapter 4. And so for a little bit of context before this, this is the story leading into it is when Jesus spoke with the woman at the well, right? And so coming right out of that, we could go, I'll just read from here. So just then his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want to do with her or why are you talking to her? And this will be relevant later, but interestingly, as Jesus was traveling to continue his ministry elsewhere in the country, he happened to stop at a specific well where there was a specific woman who had a circumstance that he ended up speaking directly to. And so we see him kind of divert himself from the journey that he was on to be at a specific place at a specific time for the purposes of God. But from there, it says, the woman left her jar of water after he read her mail, told her things that only God could know. It says, the woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village, telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus replied, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. Did someone bring him food while we were gone? The disciples asked each other. Then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. So just to look at this story, you have Jesus in the middle of such a beautiful ministry opportunity. He just ministered to this woman her life transforms. She runs to the village to let everybody know what he had just done. People start sh streaming, flooding in to come see who is this man. He has this opportunity to point people to the kingdom of God and his purposes on earth. 
And in the middle of that, the disciples come to him and there's people, he's beginning to minister and they're just, Jesus, Jesus, did you eat? It's like some of our grandmas, whenever we go to their houses, they say, Jesus, did you have something to eat? Is that a bad thing to be concerned with? No. But in that moment, he challenges them. It's almost like a rebuke that he gives them where they're saying he's pouring himself out. He's been nonstop, thing after thing. Get this guy some food. He says, there's something here that you guys are missing. Right in front of your face, this opportunity for ministry, the very purpose that I am here is happening. And you're so focused on practical things that you're actually turning the attention away from where it really should be right now. I think for a lot of us here, there are areas of our life that we explicitly know. Maybe there are people here in this room. You know that there are certain things that you are not in the will of God in right now. You don't need to hear from God. He's already spoken. You're in some compromised situation, some relationship. You need to move out of that house. You need to break that friendship off. You need to respond to what you know the will of God is. But what I think this is pointing to is that there are many other of us here where the will of God, this purpose that God has come. We see the disciples, literally the most beautiful thing is happening in front of their face and they don't even see it. Like in my life, in your life, can we be so caught up in just the practical concerns of life, the things that we want, that we feel that we need, that we actually can miss the thing that God is trying to do through our life in front of our face? You know, right after that, Jesus says, there's this thing that's happening that you're not seeing. And that very thing that I'm doing, this is real life. Real contentment, real satisfaction, wholeness comes from me doing this specific thing that God has called me to do. He's saying, the will of God is my food. Obviously, he's not just talking. It's a spiritual reality of there is a fullness and a wholeness that I have from doing what God has called me to do. Starting with me today, but to all of us. Is that where we are looking today for the nourishment and wholeness and peace and satisfaction of our soul? To say, Jesus, above all else, what I need to be doing today, I want to know your will. I want to walk in the will that you have for my life. What's the will of God? So we see a lot of verses that say, this is the will of God, that you refrain from sexual immorality, that you stay away from idols. We see a lot of description of the will of God in the Bible being holiness, right? So we know that's a given. The general will of God that's been revealed to all of us is that we walk in holiness, we live generously, we serve people, we love people. But the challenge is who, where, when. A lot of us would like for this Christian walk to be a life where we could just get certain principles that we can apply to our lives and then live a very controlled life where I know I can just give God this much and in this area that's what he's asking me to do. But what if God has a specific will that he's leading each of us into? That's more than just trying to live by wise principles or godly principles. There is a specific will. That's what we're going to get into into a second. But he has a specific will for my life and for your life. And what Jesus is saying, beyond just the moral will for our lives, and in that specific will is where you and I find contentment, peace, wholeness. And so what does that say to us today? A lot of us currently are living lives where we are seeking to find the contentment and peace and really the salvation of our souls in created things, in the pleasures of this life. 
in making enough money that we could just go on a couple vacations a year or eating good food or just having fun. And that's really the thing that brings nourishment to our souls. All of the other things in life, those are the things you have to get through so that you could get to the things that are just fun, that you could really enjoy. Where what Jesus is saying in this is the only thing that is going to bring the peace of God into your heart is to walk with him in the will that he has for our lives. And, you know, there is a a famous man named Hudson Taylor. He had this quote where he said, the real secret of an unsatisfied life lies too often in an unsurrendered will. What that means is a lot of my issues are because the things that I'm living for are the wrong things. The center, the main things that my heart is pursuing is not in alignment with what I was created for. And so I don't know about you today, where I am right now, I do not want to live a life wasted, chasing empty pleasures. I don't want to live a life where God had this will, this reason that he created me, these specific purposes, and I was oblivious to it and just living for a bunch of things that didn't matter, and then boom, there's the end of my life. We're not going to get it perfect. We're going to fall forward, but I want to be a person, and I want to see us as a body of Christ to be a people that are following after Jesus with their entire lives. And so from there, here's a passage in Ephesians 2, 8 and 10, through 10, it says this. God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done, so none of us can boast about it. And then here, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew, in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he has planned for us long ago. So what does that say to us? The will of God or the purposes for our life, it can't just be some general thing of trying to live a moral life, of trying to live in a godly way. What this is saying is before we were born, there was a specific purpose and plan that God ordained for the good works that our life would bring about to see his kingdom come into this world. That means that who you are, who I am, we were made by God, gifted, put in a specific place, a specific time, where we were born, the generation we were born into, none of it is a mistake. It's for specific works that he has already prepared for our lives. So I'm on earth today. You're on earth today. What is, why do we exist to know God? But why are we still on earth? To walk in the purposes that he set apart for us before we were even born. So what does that mean? There is no detail of our life that really doesn't matter to God. Where it's like, you know, I care maybe about where you work, but your friendships, where you live, all that other stuff, that doesn't really matter to me. If the things, the good works, we're called to live this life of good works, working with Jesus for these plans that he set apart for us, then where, what we do, where we are, all of these things are being woven together for the purposes of God over our life. And so we have to recognize today, like, we can't be a people who live just making off of uh, practical judgments alone. It's like, well, this is what will bring the most pleasure, security. Uh, this will just make my life easier. Moving here out of the city, 
uh, they'll have, you know, I'll be able to grow some herbs up there or whatever. Like there's a lot of different judgments that we make that we could begin to start looking at our life and say, well, if I just go over there, things will be easier. And if you look at it from a practical sense, yeah, it makes sense. Maybe just based off of your perspective, that is what's best for your family or for your finances. And it might seem that it might lead to greater security. But the bottom line is this. There is no place of greater security than in the middle of the will of God. There is no place with more peace and wholeness. Remember that verse, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. It can be, you know, in my life, I look back. When I uh, graduated from college, I ended up moving to Los Angeles and worked um, in a homeless ministry in Skid Row. Uh, We were just seeing God do so much. It was such an answer to so many desires that I had had for so long. And it was crazy because... All I could afford to eat was apples. (laughs) Like daily, it would be like an apple for breakfast, an apple with peanut butter for lunch, and that was life. But I had friends that were working in banking in New York and whatever. In that moment, I would not have traded my life for a single person, right? Because when you were in the middle of God's will, it's what I was made for. It's what I was made to do. It's what God prepared for, for me to step into. And so... You know, we can't be a people that just view where we are, what we're doing, where we're living. God is in the details. God cares. He is weaving together this beautiful story of good works, ways that he's using our life to glorify Jesus. And so I want to just point us now, we're going to wrap up in a second, but to Proverbs chapter 3. This is pretty much my life verse. We'll read through it and then we'll just walk through it slowly again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. And so I want to just talk about the first half of that really quick. Why are we commanded, trust in the Lord, don't lean on your own understanding? Because obviously, in this fight of faith, walking a life in the will of God does not come naturally to us. Our flesh is hostile to God's will. There is an internal compass and drive and desire that fights against the purposes that God has set for my life before I was born. And so I have to recognize there is a war within me against this fruitful, beautiful, satisfying, glorious life that God is leading me into, but I am standing in the way of it. My desires, my selfishness, my understanding. And so when he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, you know, this is the way this plays out in a lot of our lives. It's like, all right, I sense God may be leading me in a certain direction. I begin to trust him. I begin to start walking with him. But then the circumstances begin to take a turn from what I was hoping or expecting. And so God is saying he's good, but now my circumstances are not looking good. And so I'm trusting God, but it seems that maybe he's actually not trustworthy. Maybe my life is more secure in my own hands. Maybe his version of good is different than my version of good. And yeah, it's good, but it's not actually good. Within all of us, there is this battle of faith where God is saying, my way is better. Like, look what I have for you. It's exceedingly and abundantly beyond. Is it without suffering and trials? Of course not. But I... I'm with you. I'm working all things together for good. I'm going to lead you into what I placed you on earth here to do. But this is the the challenge. And this is what I want to start encouraging us all with tonight. 
It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Ultimately, our security as believers is not that every circumstantial hope I have in life is going to be fulfilled by God. My definition of good isn't the same as his, but his is better. And God is not calling me to trust. All right, God, I'll trust you as long as things play out this exact way and I have this much security and there's not a certain level of discomfort. Once it gets past that level of discomfort, that's where I have to take my life back into my own hands. God is like, I'm not calling you to trust that I'm going to work this out according to your ideas of how this should all play out. I'm calling you to trust in me. We as believers don't trust For certain circumstances in the end of the day, we trust in a person. It's Jesus. We see a God lifted on a cross who says that if he didn't spare his own son, will he not also with him generously give us everything else we need? We serve a God who is faithful and committed to us and works everything together for good. There's this battle in my life and in your life, already alluded to it, but when we start to look at our lives as we walk in this life of faith and we're trying to trust God, we're trying to remain in his will, but we start looking and it could seem that things are going south. It could seem my security is about to be lost. Things are about to hit the fan. It could seem I'm trying to trust God, but it just seems that there's no purpose in where I am right now. I don't like where I am. God, I'm trying to follow you. I'm trying to stay where you have me, but this doesn't seem good. I don't want this. The reality for every believer here in the room is, as we trust in the Lord, that he, there's this beautiful thing that if anybody here has walked with Jesus throughout their life, we know this. In a moment, I might be able to see some of what God is doing. Down the road, as I look back, I could see so much more of the beautiful things that God was doing that I wasn't even aware of. I was blind to, and then you get down that verse, them who trust in the Lord will never be put to shame. It's like I get further down the road, and I look back, and it's like, God, in that moment, it seemed like you were absent, but you were faithfully working this together and preparing me in this and leading to that. But then, whatever that is of what we see on this earth, one day we're going to stand before him, and we are going to see this tapestry of his faithfulness of how he was working so many things together. How many of the battles that we face in our life, we don't maybe have the capacity to make sense of. It's like, God, I know you're good, but this and that, like, what about that? But this is the truth. There is not a single area of our life that once we stand before Jesus one day, we will not see that he worked it together for good. We have absolute security and safety that we don't have to lean on our own understanding. We can trust in him. We can just live day by day and let him be our portion and not measure our life based on our expectations of what things should look like, but just continue to just step, walk in the spirit, step forward day after day after day. One other thought just with that and not leaning on our own understanding. One of the most important things, if we're here trying to discern what is God's will for my life, you know, one thing we see in Psalms, the heart is deceitful. And so if we are here today, trying to figure out what is God's will for my life. You know, the reason why the word of God exists, the reason why the body of Christ exists is because left to our own understanding and our own judgment, very quickly we can run our life off the ramp. And so I want to challenge you today. If you are trying to discern the will of God for your life, if you're trying to make sense of, God, what are you calling me to do? How are you calling me to navigate this situation and that situation? 
do not fool yourself into thinking that that's something that you manage on your own. God has put the body of Christ, shepherds in the body to encourage you and lead you, and he's given you his word that he would speak to you through it as well. Do not lean on your own understanding. And then in all your ways, submit to him. That's something with the young adults in our church, some conversation that we have so consistently. It's how do I know what God's will is for my life? And this is the beautiful thing we have as believers. We see this proverb was written in an old covenant. This truth still stands, but it stands in an even more beautiful and rich way. In this new covenant, the Bible says this in Romans 8. Those who are led by the Spirit are the children of God. If you have put your faith in Jesus today, the Spirit of God lives inside of you. God does not withhold from you and I. He has given us the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. We don't earn more of the Spirit. We have been sealed with the Spirit, the Bible teaches. And so what does that mean then for my life and your life? The Bible says that the Spirit leads us into all truth. You and I, it's not our job to just try to investigate and try to work our way through, well, what is God's will for my life? And as if he's just watching from a distance saying, we'll see if they figure it out. You and I are his children. He delights in being a shepherd to his sheep and being a father to his children. The way to the will of God, the way to security in the will of God is through what this says, submission. As we go low and we give him his rightful place in our life, he cannot not be faithful to us. And so how do I know if I'm on God's will? Am I submitted? What does it mean to submit? The original word in its context means to lay yourself down entirely before something. And so what God is saying is this, trust in me. Do you not see you were made for my purposes? I've gifted you. I've set you apart for this plan that I have for your life. It's not so that you could just have a lot of pleasure. It's not so that a lot of people recognize you. And no, in doing what I've called you to do, there will be a peace and a satisfaction because it's what I made you to do. And I will lead you into it. You don't have to figure it out on your own. I've given you my spirit. I've committed myself to you. I'm going to lead you into this. But what is it that I require of you? It's to lay your life down at my feet. A lot of us here today, maybe you're wrestling and we're saying, God, where are you? Why aren't you speaking to me? Well, maybe it's because I'm only listening for one thing. I have in my heart what my plan is, my agenda, and I'm just waiting on God to affirm my rule over my life. We're called to lay our lives down at the feet of Jesus. Does that mean that every desire that you and I have is evil? No, the Bible says he gives us the desires of our heart. What that means is as we delight ourselves in him, he does begin to give us what we should want in desiring his will. But just because I feel something does not mean that this is the will of God. Just because I see things a certain way, that very well might be my understanding. This is a battle of walking by faith and by sight. By sight, often in our lives, we find ourselves in circumstances where God is seemingly absent, where things are seemingly bad, and we just want to abort mission and get out. And so we're just like, God, where am I supposed to go? For some of us, we're not hearing from God because we're not submitted and we don't actually want his will. We only want what we want. But for others, we are not hearing from God because we're in his will. I heard a pastor once say that when you're driving on a cross-country road trip, 
and you don't hear the GPS talk to you for a while, that doesn't mean that the phone is off. That means that you're on the right street. And so in a lot of our lives, we have lost contentment and faith for the will that God has placed before us. We're no longer engaging in faith, the life that God's placed in front of us. We've grown weary in doing good. We've grown weary in trusting God. We've begun to walk by sight. And now we're just like, God, speak to me. Where am I supposed to go? And you're not hearing anything because he's saying, my grace is sufficient. I've placed you where you are because through it, I'm working things together for good in you and through you that, yeah, you can't see. I don't need you to see what I'm doing. I just need you to see me. How many moments in my life already have I wanted to run? And then as I come back to that place of submission, I discover again, that wasn't the peace of God being lost and him leading me away. That was me not walking in the peace of God for today. And so I want to challenge you today. If you're here and you're restless and you're just like, ah, God very well may be leading you somewhere. He may be calling you to remain where you are. But when you submit and you put back front and center that his grace is sufficient, that my peace is not because of seemingly challenging circumstances or suffering, but it's just being in the will of God, walking with him, then that's where I have everything I need. Maybe some of us need to be refocused on that today. The last thing I want to point to, there's the big picture things of the will of God in our life. It's, am I living in the right place? What about this relationship? What about this job? God is saying, submit, bring that to me and watch as I lead you in my will. But then there's also this possibility of being in the will of God, but disengaged from it. Just because I'm walking in God's will in the big picture of my life doesn't mean that I'm walking in his will for today. And when I think of how many days of my life, we had a, a message two weeks ago in Sanctus of just think of what our phones have done to us through COVID, having nothing else to do than just scroll and how just the margins of our life is just filled with mindless scrolling and escaping from reality. How many moments in our days does God, like the disciples and Jesus refocusing them and saying, no, look at all of these things. I've placed you where you are for this purpose, for these people. You're in your job for a reason. In your parenting, there's things that I want to do through you, with your spouse, with your children, with your coworkers, in the ministry, in the church, on your commute. There's all of these things that I've already prepared for you to step into, but you're distracted, caught up in things that don't matter, caught up in the practicalities of life. And how is that working for you? You're living a life where you're not fully submitted to me in your day-to-day. -day. And of course, if that's true, then you're not walking in the fullness of my peace. I believe for a lot of us today, starting with myself, I want to be completely living at the feet of Jesus and waiting on him, not with my ears plugged, not just distracted by all these other things in life. The Bible says, walk in the Spirit. Step by step, moment by moment through my day, he has to remain in his rightful place as Lord, and I'm his servant. He is the shepherd, I'm the sheep. My job is just to keep my eyes focused on him. Think of in your life today, if you began to start having a fresh revelation, fresh faith for the place that God's put you, the family that he's put you in, the neighborhood that he's put you in, the things that our hearts grow numb to and it just feels mundane and that we just have to escape and just get through these parts of our day. 
Meanwhile, God wants to open heaven over these circumstances if we would submit to him and say, Lord, I'm trusting you. When we live a submitted life, not only in the big picture of where we are, where we're living, what we're doing, but life becomes this beautiful adventure with the Lord where every moment that comes our way, there's purpose in. Every interaction. It's like some people would say, you really think God cares whether you get on that subway car or that subway car or whatever? Yeah, I do. Does that mean that, you know, in every single moment of our life, something eternal is happening? It's like, yeah, I think you could argue that, but... Regardless, I think when we make the details of our life this unspiritual thing that we don't want to just remain, uh, one last thing I'll say, and then we're going to close too, is I think a lot of us can make the mistake of thinking, well, if I don't feel God is speaking to me in some explicit, crazy way, then that means he's not leading me. That's wrong. Some people say, well, if I don't feel like God spoke to me and made it so clear what I'm supposed to do, he's giving me a lot of decisions to choose from, and I just have to make sure I do it in wisdom. No. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In everything, submit to him, and he will direct your path. From the moment I rise to the moment I go to bed, I want to live a life directed by the Lord. Where I don't just become familiar and comfortable with the same things over and over again and just say, ah, that's the, no, God, give me fresh eyes today. How would you lead me in my commute, in my job? One last story I want to share, and we're going to close. You know, there was this night a couple years ago. I was on my phone, and I just felt the Lord call me just to come to him with my heart. And so I put my phone away, and I just said, Lord, I know I'm just distracting myself. I'm not really, I haven't really been walking with you much today. I'm like, Lord, here I am. And I felt just in my heart to begin to just go outside and go on a prayer walk. And so I just began to start walking turn this corner, turn that corner. A bunch of people walked by me. Finally, after about 30 minutes, I'm about to start walking home and I see this guy and I just feel this thing in my heart. This isn't something that happens a lot in my life, but I felt this like burning and I just felt like I'm supposed to go pray for this, this man. It was in a dark parking lot. He was like nodding his head, listening to music. And I was just like, all right, here we go. so I walked up to him and I just said, hey man. And he was like, I'm like, I'm sorry. It's like, I don't want to freak you out, but I just want to let you know, I'm a Christian. I feel like God put it on my heart to come pray for you. Is there anything going on in your life I could pray for you for right now? The moment I said that, his eyes began to just well up with tears. And he just looked at me and said, how did you know? I was just in shock. And he said, my son has cancer is in the hospital right now. They're trying to do a life-saving procedure on him. And I'm out here just like, God, are you real? And you just came up to me and said that. Some of you might hear that and say, I'm coming up with that to try to like make a story better. You can believe that if you want. That's the truth of what God did. It didn't even feel real in the moment. And through that moment, the opportunity to see Jesus glorified, to see God use this life. I have nothing to give, but he just came in that moment and touched this man. How many opportunities are like that around us daily that we've just become numb to? And so the two things that I want to challenge us with today as we close, we're going to pray right now. But number one, think of the big picture of your life right now. Do you have conviction that you are walking in the will of God? Or as I'm saying this, is there something in you that you say, yeah, I'm actually 
I, I, I have begun to start looking at life more just practically, more based on my desires. I haven't really consulted God. I definitely haven't submitted to God. I have these big decisions coming up, and I'm beginning to realize, like, I've just been doing what I think is best, but I haven't actually sought the Lord and said, God, what do you have for my life? Where you go, I go. Where you stay, I stay. If that's you, we're going to give you an opportunity to pray right now. But if you're like me on this other hand, where you would just say, I am distracted. I can get so caught up in the day-to-day of things that don't matter as these divine encounters, these eternity, all trajectory-shifting opportunities are passing me by. Jesus, give me fresh faith for the life that you've placed in front of me. My neighborhood, my family, my job, my ministry— that I would recognize these aren't peripheral things. I am alive. My nourishment, my satisfaction is to do your will. And Jesus, I don't want to leave a single thing that you have for my life on the table. I want the fullness of what you have for me today. What do we need to do to get there? God is saying, just come lay yourself at my feet. Surrender. I will lead you into all truth. I'll give you the grace to walk it out. You don't do things for me. You do it with me and through me. If you are here and you, there's any area of your life, if it's the big picture stuff or just the day-to-day, to say, Lord, I want to walk in the deeper surrender. I want the fullness of your will for my life. Come up right now. Come to the front. Let this be an altar where you can bring this to the Lord. Father, we come before you with submitted hearts. Lord, if there is anything in our life that is out of order, that is out of your perfect will for us, God, I pray right now, Lord, would you convict every heart of anything that would block us from the fullness of your will, from seeing the good works and the fruitfulness, God. Our life is going to be defined by how we walked in your will, Lord. And so, God, anything that stands in the way in any of your children's hearts tonight, Lord, would you bring deep conviction, Lord? Would you open our eyes to see, God, anything that keeps us from the fullness of who, what you have for us, God. And as we see it, Lord, give us grace to leave it at your feet, to invite your Holy Spirit to come and give us deeper faith, deeper trust in you, greater obedience, Lord. I pray, God, over every heart here tonight, Lord, that you, your word says the harvest is ripe, but the workers are few. The workers are those who are submitted to you, Jesus. So Lord, as we, as a church, in a deeper way, submit our hearts, God, to your will, would you raise us up as workers, God, filled with the spirit of Jesus, to love, lead us to specific interactions, divine encounters with people. This week, God, we ask that we would see a harvest of souls for your kingdom, God, through these people here at the altar, Jesus. Convict us of your will, Lord, of the calling that you have for us, the ministries that you would lead us into, the relationships you're calling us to pour ourselves out and serve and love people in, Lord. Jesus, I would just pray your spirit would bring revelation of your specific will over every heart here. Save us from going off. Save anybody from making a big decision that could pull them away from your will for their life, God. If there's anybody here tonight where that's where they are, Lord, convict them and help them to see the will, the calling, the plan that you have for them. Help them to trust you for that tonight, Jesus. 
but we love you, Lord. We thank you for this meeting tonight. And we pray, God, would you teach us, help us to rely on you, to submit to you, to walk in the spirit, God, for the rest of this week, that day after day, God, moment by moment, we would just see just your fruitfulness, your presence, beautiful moments ordained by you, Jesus. Give us faith for the challenging things, the things that seem pointless, God. Give us fresh faith today, Lord. We love you so much. I pray your blessing over everybody here tonight, God. Let us get home safely and help us to be a blessing to somebody this week for your kingdom. We love you. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Well, God bless you all. Thank you for coming. We'll see you Sunday.